This is Supply Chain Radio. This is Guy Courtin back on the floor of CSMP, and today I'm joined by Ben Meyer. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Guy? Doing all right. Ben, why don't you give a quick intro of who you are and what do you do to our audience? Yeah, so uh, I'm editor of American Shipper. We have a monthly magazine as well as you know daily newsletters, online news. We really try to cover the whole trade and logistics space as best we can. I mean, it's such a big market that it's really hard to get your hands around, but just like with supply chain operations, you know, if you're only picking off bits and pieces, if you're only looking at trucking, if you're only looking at ocean, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing the big picture. And that's what we try to do. You know, we try to bring that, that sort of day two analysis to stories because we can't always be first. We can't always break stories. But we try to tell people, you know, what it means for them and their operations. Cool. So, Ben, based on that, that you're looking at this market this way, can you just tell us today, what is the big theme you guys are seeing for the rest of this year and into 2019? You know, it, it sounds simplistic, but it's uncertainty. You know, in everything that we're talking about and, and writing about, you know, it starts, I think, with international trade policy, tariffs. We know that our president, you know, does policy via tweet. And I'm sure supply chain operators and especially, you know, your trade compliance folks, they're going to bed every night thinking, you know, what am I going to wake up to tomorrow? And uncertainty has always been, you know, a big facet of supply chain operations. But right now, it at least feels like it's so heightened that really, you know, you have to be looking three, four steps ahead. And when something unexpected happens, you got to be able to react at lightning speed. That's great. So you mentioned uncertainty, but you also mentioned more on a macroeconomic level. Are you seeing the uncertainty being stronger today in that side? So you mentioned tariffs, geopolitical stuff. You mentioned the Trump, Trump administration. Just recently we heard that they redid NAFTA, but now there's also these trade wars with China. We know Brexit is six months away. So do you think it's today it's the macroeconomic uncertainties or is it still a combination of macro and it's still, hey, there's a port strike in Long Beach and that's going to screw up my supply chain? So there's always going to be a, a combination, I think. I mean, right now what we're seeing is more the, the micro uncertainty. Macroeconomic trends, not that I'm the one predicting them, but they tend to be a little bit more stable. The uncertainty you're seeing in, in geopolitics and international trade policy is playing into those estimates, obviously. So whether it's you know risks to the downside, those things are going to have a, a knock-on effect. But I really think it's more in the sort of short-term micro level that we're seeing uncertainty at, at heightened levels. I mean, you're always going to have questions to be asked on the macro level. But generally speaking, it's, it's much more on the day-to-day -day level of, you know, can ocean carriers raise rates this month rather than sort of, you know, is global trade growing? Is the U.S. economy growing? I mean, those, those kinds of questions are, are fundamental and important, but we're not seeing nearly as much volatility in terms of that as, you know, the... The, the more micro. So, so it's almost the general press is overreacting in a way to some of these bigger issues like tariffs and, and issues with China, things like that. But what you're saying is that they do have an impact trickling down on the micro level where there's going to be more disruptions at that level. And that's what supply chains and carriers need to be more attuned to today. Sure. And for supply chain operators, it's, it's even a, a trickle up, I would say, from those micro things like, you know, a new NAFTA, which just like Brexit, by the way, 
don't count your chickens. <laughs> right. We have an announcement on terms that were agreed to that still need to be finalized. Congress and you know the Canadian Parliament still need to ratify. So we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Just like with Brexit, any if they say tomorrow that they've reached an agreement, you know, don't count your chickens until yet. everything's signed and until AAS. everything is actually official and legitimate. But those kinds of and and micro it might be a misnomer because those are big deals, right? But those kinds of events trickle up into the macroeconomic concerns, whether it's downside or upside. So a new NAFTA could bring some of those U.S. economic or Canadian, Mexican economic projections up, you know, to the higher range, whereas, you know, continued uncertainty and instability might bring them down to the lower range. Got it. Got it. So that's interesting. So can you tell us a little bit more, Ben, too, about some of these disruptions? Are you seeing any, and obviously you're talking about logistics and shipping, but are you seeing it impact any industries more heavily than others? So whether it's pharmaceuticals or retail or manufacturing or agriculture or, or life science or petrochem, what have you. Sure, and I mean, I think the, the first order impacts are coming much more quickly for the specifically targeted industries. You know, your steel industry, your aluminum industry, solar washing machines. And then for the, the China situation, which is very different from the, the more broad global tariffs, that's hitting people really hard on the retail side, but really it's it's not industry specific. It's it's a broad range of industries that didn't have to think about tariffs before. So you could be selling, I don't know, semiconductors and you were in a zero duty environment for your whole career, 25, 30, 40 years. And now you're all of a sudden in a high tariff environment so whereas you may have had processes in place to deal with regulatory compliance, you didn't have a process in place for dealing with tariffs because you never had to. So now companies are, are having to scramble to put those processes in place and to do it you know, yesterday because they didn't have advanced notice of this necessarily. And it's, you know, it's a big chunk of their bottom line potentially. Right, right. Great. Ben, so one more question. Project out five, six, ten years, however long you want to project out. What is the one thing that you see in supply chain, let's say in five years, that's going to be happening that we are not seeing today? Ooh, that's a great question. I ask that question myself when I talk about technology with people. And for me, you know, maybe it's not five years, but I think sometime in the next ten years, we will see a technological leap or iteration that was unexpected and that that basically renders what we thought was going to be the next big thing obsolete. So I talk about this in the context of blockchain. And blockchain to me is still five to 10 years out for any legitimate use case. And I couldn't tell you what the next technology will be. I can point to examples of things that already exist that could change supply chains, like 3D printing is one of the big ones where if you don't have to move the goods, well, then you no longer have a long supply chain. Have a supply. Ah. I mean, you have a supply chain, but it becomes you know, if if you bring manufacturing to the location right. or closer to it, right. then you don't have. I mean, you don't have tariffs. You don't have right. any of these right. issues that, that you're not we're crossing the oceans. You're and so I honestly believe just 
based on the sort of exponential acceleration of technological advancement. That at some point in the next 10 plus years, something will happen that was totally unexpected that we can't possibly envision, or if we could, we'd be in another line of work. <laughs> you and I would be sitting here right yeah, now talking we, about this? We'd, we'd be sitting, on, on, a, we'd be sitting on a beach. Yeah, drinking, our drinking, own beach. And, yeah, yeah, drinking of cocktails. And, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So what you're saying, and I think that's great, Ben, is that obviously we, we can't, you and I, like you said, if we had that insight, we could do a lot of different things. But you do think that, that we are still in line for a major technological leapfrogging in the next few years where things, activities, technology, enablements, whatever it is, is going to come the brow where almost like, you know, I have an 11-year-old kid. When I tell him that I used to have to change the TV by getting up, he cannot grasp that concept. It's exactly it like that. I mean, look at the, the early uses of the internet, yeah. which has obviously changed our world in, in ways we never could have imagined. It was basic, you know, databasing, file sharing. Now, you know, Amazon has changed commerce yeah. forever. Amazon, you know, Alibaba, eBay, Facebook, and, Facebook, and Twitter, everyone else have, yeah. have changed social interaction right. forever. And, and that was not what the builders of the internet Envision. intended or, yeah. or envisioned. But once you develop a new technology and put it out there, you cede control right. to the market and to, you know, to the people right. writ large. And, and they're the ones that take it to that next step, that next level. So it could even be a technology that already exists, right. like a blockchain, right. that we haven't fully figured out how the to use. Cases. But I believe, and it's not based on what I'm seeing in the market now. Yeah. It's based on, look at the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of technological advancement. It's accelerating, yeah. exponentially so. It's almost impossible for that that next step not to, to happen. happen and just disrupt is the, is <laughs> right. the word we're supposed to use now. But but it's true. I mean, you know, who would have thought Uber? Yeah, would, no, would ha I, would I, I use that example all the time. Right? I don't think Uber is going to be the, you know, the Uberization of freight is going to change things forever. But it's that kind of technological advancement that then is innovated upon right. that I think will, will be the next big thing and, and will change the way we look at supply chains and, and may make things that we're talking about now in the technology space seem trivial. Yeah, silly. Yeah. yeah, Ben, that's great. So Ben, how can our audience reach you? How can they find you? Where can they read your articles, things like that? Uh, well, AmericanShipper.com is the home base. You can find out information about you know, monthly subscriptions to the magazine as well as to our you know, AS Daily newsletter product. If you want to contact me directly, story pitches, interview ideas, even just to talk shop, I'm at B-M-E-Y-E-R at shippers.com. Pretty easy to remember. Pretty easy to remember. And they can find you on LinkedIn, I'm assuming. LinkedIn, Twitter, at A.S. Ben Meyer. Yep. You know, these kinds of conversations are what get me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> so if, if you enjoy listening to them and enjoy having them, you know where to find me. Well, Ben, I appreciate it. It's been great. Again, this has been Supply Chain Radio. We're here with Ben Meyer from American Shipper. Ben, thank you so much. 